It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today, as we always do. Going to finish up the pre-training camp roster review. Got seven more players to get to, the top seven, the, the headliners, if you will. A little NBA news also. All that coming your way next on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another good one for you with the conclusion of the pre-training camp roster review. For those of you that missed the first one, I would suggest you go back and listen to it because it's incredible. Now, uh, with this team, it's kind of funny, a little weird. I would argue that the the bottom seven players, the players I did last week of, or excuse me, a couple days ago, Pat McCaw, Jacob Evans, Quinn Cook, Damian Jones, Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney, Jonas Jerebko. Those are actually a little more interesting than most of the, the main guys because we know what we're getting with the main guys, with the top seven. We know that KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Boogie, Andre, and Livingston are going to be great. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the facts. But at the same time, there's, there's still some intrigue and questions about these guys, and we're going to get to that in just a second. For those of you that missed the last one, like I said, go check it out. But the premise here is Anthony Slater of The Athletic came out with an article, just questions surrounding each player that we assume is going to be on the roster, each player with a guaranteed contract, basically, and there's 14 of them. So we did the bottom seven a couple days ago, doing the top seven today. And I was going to do a roster review anyways uh, before training camp, and Anthony Slater came out with this article, which, by the way, you should all check out. All subscribe to The Athletic. They do incredible work there. It's funny when, when – and I know we complain about you know the paywall and this and that, but it's worth it, first off. Second off, when people are paying for content and guys are know that their you know, money comes from doing good work and good work will get more subscribers and stuff like that – on both sides, the, the readers and the writers. Writers are doing better work. The readers are a lot more, I don't know what the right term is, less angry about it. I don't know. But it's a great situation. What The Athletic is doing is incredible. Uh, so I would suggest everyone go subscribe and check out Anthony Slater's latest article. So that's enough of me putting them over. But they are great. Again, I, I said it last week. I was feeling weird talking about how great other outlets are. The only good outlet is Locked On Warriors and the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, you guys? Everything else is is trash. Clearly, I'm joking. 
But before we get to that, we are going to take a quick break, and we will come back and finish up the roster review that's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDWNHP. At CDW, we get that an unsecured laptop can put your company's data at risk, making you a little paranoid. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. CDW can implement a secure mobility solution using the HP EliteBook with Intel 8th generation processors and SureView privacy to protect your screen from prying eyes. Did you follow me here? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash HP security. What was that? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. And roster review. Let's go. We've we've talked about it enough. Enough preamble. Going to start with, I guess, the number seven player, if you were ranking the Warriors as far as players go, one through 14. And that player is Sean Livingston. And if you've been listening, you all know how big of a Sean Livingston fan I am. Very big. I he's his story. I when every time they win a championship, yeah, every time because there's been three of them. I always mention that uh, I'm the happiest for Sean Livingston. He's been a great addition since he came in. How many championships? Uh, what is it? Three. Three and four years that he's been with them. Not bad. Not bad. So the question with Sean is, is there a hint of a decline? And I don't think there will be. I mean, he's Sean Livingston. He's going to do what he does. He's going to play 14, 15, you know, 16 minutes a night. He's going to get his numbers. He's going to play good defense. He's going to be a calming influence on the entire team. He's just going to, he's going to, Continue to be Sean Livingston is my guess. I'm not too worried about a decline, honestly, because what he does isn't. It's not based in athleticism, really. It's more so. You know, he's got that. That old. Someone's uncle, Uncle Dot. He's got that uncle game at a YMCA and. He's going to be dominating YMCA games for the rest of his life with that post-up game he's got. And that's exactly what I expect from him this year. And continue to play good defense, smart, intelligent player, not really worried about it. And that's the other thing. These are just questions. No one's thinking that there's going to be a decline. It's, you know, potentially could be because he is older. But for the most part, I think we all expect the same old Sean Livingston that we've been getting. One thing though, that I am looking at with him and with the next guy as well, who we'll get to in just a second is not so much this season, but the off season potential trade. 
And it's not because they're not useful, but because the warriors only have certain ways to spend their money. Um, I'm going to try and figure out how to explain this. They... So that $8 million that Sean is owed next year, technically it's only $2 million guaranteed, but I think they would trade him and a first-round pick rather than pay the luxury tax they'd have to pay on that $2 million guaranteed and cut him. But because they're in the luxury tax, they're not able to spend this money. They can't just cut Sean Livingston and then spend that $8 million on a free agent. If you cut that money, if you cut Sean Livingston, that money's gone. Because you're over the luxury tax, so all you'll be able to do is is sign, uh, sign minimum minimum contract free agents. So I would imagine they'll try and move him similar to what OKC did this offseason, which I loved, even if it doesn't work. OKC traded. Carmelo Anthony, and the biggest thing we all thought was they just need to get that contract off the books to lower their luxury tax. And they did that, but they also took some money back in Dennis Schroeder and a player who, in a perfect world, will be a great backup and everything will mesh. We all know that the problems, the potential problems that there there are. I mean, him and Russell Westbrook might get in a fist fight in the first quarter of game one at midcourt. But what they did is they took that money, that contract, because they're in a similar position where they're in the luxury tax and aren't able to just replace that money. So they went and got someone that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise. So I could see the Warriors trying to do that next year, next off season with a guy like Livingston where, all right, we're trading this $8 million player, but maybe there's a $5 million player that we can get that might be able to help us that we might, that not might, that they won't be able to get otherwise. So not only do I think that that's an option with him, I think it might be an option with this next guy, Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala, as we all know, has been the fifth best, fifth most important, however you want to put it, player on this dynasty of a franchise the last four years. Willing to come off the bench, which was huge. I don't think that can ever be overlooked, that he was willing to make the move to go to the bench so Harrison Barnes could start. And then when they got KD, obviously he he stayed on the bench. It worked. It worked great. And it was a real example of that starting doesn't matter. Starting does not matter. And I, I'm tired of hearing that it does because it doesn't. What matters is how much you play and when you play. Andre Iguodala, the question with him, is will he be snoozing till the All-Star break again? And I was surprised to see that it was only till the All-Star break. I thought he was snoozing for longer than that. But when you look at the numbers, his, his numbers picked up after the All-Star break. He started shooting 39, 39.4% from three after the All-Star break. Still played good defense, but, you know, he just wasn't... He's in the position, especially at his age, and his ability that he's waiting for the playoffs. And it makes sense because he also doesn't need to be peak Andre Iguodala for this team to make the playoffs. That's the thing is the idea that snoozing, lollygagging, whatever, not giving full effort is bad. And there are 
some risks to it because you're assuming that all of a sudden you can just turn it on, which is a, it's a risk. You know, there isn't a literal switch to flip. So even if we think the Warriors have it, it's always going to be a risk whether or not they can start playing better when they, you know, decide to kind of rest most of the year. But with him, I would expect him to kind of sit back, maintain his body, and just make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. Because it's the smartest thing to do, honestly, for Andre Iguodala. And because of how important he is to this team. You know, Steve Kerr and Mike D'Antoni had the back and forth or whatever it was where D'Antoni said they would have won if they had Chris Paul. And Kerr said, well, we would have won in five if we had Andre Iguodala, which I I tend to agree with Kerr because it's not just what he brings on the court. He's also such a calming influence, and Kerr makes the, the analogy. He's the adult, uh, the adult in the room, which I love and think is accurate also. He's the one who comes in and says, you guys, quit. Quit messing around. Yes, you're four of the best players in the world. Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD. But lock in and let's, you know, wrap this thing up. And they didn't have him. And then on top of that, what he actually brings on the court, lockdown defense, one of the smartest players offensively and defensively in the game. So as far as the question goes, yeah, I do expect him to kind of snooze until the all-star break, as Anthony Slater put it. But like I also mentioned with Sean Livingston, he is a candidate to be traded in the offseason because of the money. I would, I, would, I would assume even if they do take money back that they wouldn't want to replace his $16 million with someone else's $16 million. And if they were, it would have to be someone very good. Very good. It wouldn't be a 16... Like Dennis Schroeder, solid player, and they took back the 15 million OKC did. But he's probably slightly overpaid. Like if the Warriors are going to take someone back, it's not going to be someone who's slightly overpaid because of their, their spot with the luxury tax. So that's something else to keep an eye on in another year. But it's just something that I think they could look at when it comes time with Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. The next player, biggest off-season signing for the Warriors. I don't know about you guys. I'm still not used to the fact that he's on the Warriors because we haven't seen him play for the Warriors or do anything with the Warriors, really. But just DeMarcus Cousins is a warrior, man. That's so crazy. And maybe I'll start to get used to it when he actually does suit up halfway through the year. But I just, I'm still not used to it, still don't understand it. Super excited about it. (laughs) But DeMarcus Cousins is the next one on the list. And the question was, how close are you to playing? And that's obviously the the biggest question. Uh, My target date was mid-January for him. There's a stretch of games. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but there's a stretch of games before the Martin Luther King game that would be kind of a soft landing spot for him. Obviously, the only thing that matters is if he's healthy. Who cares if he's not healthy till March? That's when you play him in March. So my, but knowing how long, or at least looking at other Achilles uh, tears and how long it takes players to get back. I think January is a good target date for him, but we'll see. 
we'll see. Hopefully sooner, possibly later. Who the hell knows? The bigger question is, what is he going to do when he does come back? How's he going to fit? Will it just be seamless? Will he understand his situation and come in and (laughs) will he come in and understand that this is also a image rehab for him where, you know, on a night where he only gets four shots, will he be fine with it on a night where he's benched in the closing minutes for, you know, Andre or Jordan Bell? Well, he'll be fine with it. Will Draymond get in his face after, you know, a missed defensive assignment? Will he be able to deal with all that? And then how much has the Achilles tear altered his game, affected his game? Those are all the real questions. How close are you to playing? I would say January. All the other stuff, we won't know until he actually plays. So first questions first, how close? We don't know. Next on the list, and it's kind of a funny order here, and you'll understand why at the end, uh, Steph Curry. And the question was, how, how are you fully healthy? Which is kind of weird because, yeah, I'd assume he's fully healthy. He had the entire offseason to get healthy. But it's understandable. He had a couple ankle rolls last year, the knee injury. I mean, the hope now is with DeMarcus Cousins, Damian Jones, Jordan Bell, and Kevon Looney, the Warriors finally found some centers that won't just barrel roll into their best players' knees late in the season. Shout out Zaza Pachulia and JaVale McGee. Love those guys. But hopefully that doesn't happen this year because it's happened the last two years. But is Steph fully healthy? I'd say, yeah, I think... Maybe this is kind of a reach of a question just because you're looking for a question for Steph Curry, but it's valid. Steve Kerr said during the playoffs that Steph probably wouldn't get fully healthy till the offseason. He wouldn't be back to 100% during the playoffs. And here's the other thing. With the Warriors, kind of like with Andre milking, you know, mailing it in. And Draymond, too, I assume, mailing it in. But... If Steph's not fully healthy, so what? Then you sit him and wait till he's fully healthy. The only thing that matters for this team is being healthy in the playoffs because they can make the playoffs half-assing it. So as long as they're healthy in the playoffs, that's the only thing that matters. So if Steph's not healthy to start the year, so what? Sit him as long as he needs to get healthy. So that's Steph. I mean, he's going to be Steph. He's going to put up 26 a game. You know, shoot 44% from three. He's going to be the human highlight machine like he always has been. So I actually skipped over a player on my list. I feel bad. But Draymond Green is the next one. How motivated are you to win defensive player of the year? And we talked about this a little bit, a little bit, where you would expect him to be very motivated because if he does win defensive player of the year, He's eligible for the designated player exception, whatever, where, you know, he can get paid $40 million a year. And maybe he is super motivated to do that. But I've also said, regardless of him winning it or not, and what happens with KD or Clay 
or anything, I'm not paying Draymond $40 million a year. He's going to be incredibly well compensated. He's going to get a load of money. But I just cannot take, I cannot get myself to pay someone $40 million a year at, you know, almost age 30 who plays power forward, is a defensive power forward. And if I had to make a guess or bet on whose game will, could fall off a cliff, I guess, or not fall off a cliff, but just he, he takes a pounding. He's very physical and I don't know how well it's going to last up. So maybe the Warriors have already told him, look, man, we love you. We want you here long-term and we're going to pay you a ton of money. But even if you win defensive player of the year, we're not giving you the designated player. So, you know, just as just for you to know that so you don't kill yourself this season to try and win defensive player of the year. But who knows? Maybe they haven't. Maybe he's motivated to get it and wants to force the issue. We'll see. But if I'm the Warriors, I wouldn't pay Draymond the, the designated player. And I love Draymond. I think he's one of the best power forwards in the game because he is. But I I just wouldn't I wouldn't want to commit that money to him when you already have that money committed to Steph also. So moving on. Kevin Durant. How will you handle the free agency circus? And it's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, is he going to shut questions down? Last year he did say a couple times, like, I'm signing back with the Warriors. That's that's what I'm doing. But I could see him not saying that this year. I think he will entertain. I don't know if it'll go as far as meetings. It could easily go as far as meetings, though. Like, I just don't know what to expect. Outside of the fact that everyone's going to talk about it all the time and it's going to be really annoying and we'll over-psychoanalyze every single f***ing dribble that he takes. But as far as how he really handles it, I don't know. He's He likes to have fun. He might just be cryptic just to mess with people. He might, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I, I don't know how he's going to handle it. I know how the media is going to handle it. I know how everyone else is going to handle it, and it's going to be really annoying. But like I said, if that's the price to pay for having Kevin Durant on your team, so be it. I do expect him to sign long-term with the Warriors, honestly, unless you know everything blows up and everything turns bad. I, I would expect him to sign with the Warriors, but who knows? We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. So how he handles it, I don't know. But like I said, how everyone else handles it is going to be really annoying because I do know that. Clay, and I saved Clay for last because this was pretty funny and kind of along the lines of what I mentioned earlier that the bottom seven players are kind of more interesting than the top seven because we know what we're going to get with them. And Clay is the epitome of that. Average pretty much close to the same over the last three years, plays lockdown defense, shoots incredible percentage from three, one of the best shooters in the game. So the question is, for Clay, will you keep the beard? I vote yes. I hope he keeps the beard. I hope he goes with the shaggy look. Because that's the kind of that's the kind of analysis and breakdown you're going to get from me. There's a lot of haircuts and beards and physical appearance analysis. So I hope he keeps the beard. I hope he keeps the shaggy look. I think it's a good look for him. And I think it fits his personality. 
So there you go. <laughs> so that's the last uh, seven players, top seven, however you want to look at it. Training camp finally starts on Monday. We're, what, five days away? Dude, I cannot wait. A uh, couple last ones I threw in. They were not in the article. But Mike Brown, are you still living your best life? I mean, Mike Brown has been just having the best time the last, what, two years with the Warriors, three years, however long it's been, I think, too. He's loving it. He's loving life. He's loving his situation. And I'm honestly really intrigued to see when, because he's going to get another head coaching job eventually. And I'm really intrigued to see when it happens, if he's kind of changed his philosophy, because he mentioned that he did when he was coaching in Steve Kerr's absence. He mentioned that he's relaxed a little bit. Maybe that's just part of coaching, you know, one of the best teams ever. But I'd like to see, did his attitude change and his philosophy and his offensive philosophy? Like, would he take some of the, the Steve Kerr offense with him when he goes? So, interested in that. And he just seems like he's having the best time of his life the last two years. Still getting paid. Maybe not. Maybe it ran out now. But for the last two years, he was getting paid by Dan Gilbert. And being the top assistant for the best team in the NBA, life is good. And then Steve Kerr, I had two questions. How are you going to motivate the team? We saw he had trouble with it last year. And he and Bob Myers have mentioned that Boogie coming in will help keep them sharp, help keep them motivated to win with and for Boogie. But there are going to be times, man, where it's going to be tough for him. And it was tough for him last year at times. And then his health. I think his health, I mean, it's not fine. He's still managing it and having to deal with it. But he coached all 82 last year, all throughout the playoffs. I think he'll be fine. But I just thought those were two things worth mentioning. So there is that. We're going to take a quick break, come back for a little NBA news, and then wrap this thing up here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. And a little NBA news, but I got to throw one thing in here. Joe Lacob was on the Tim Kawakami podcast, or excuse me, the TK Show podcast. Make sure I get that right. And it was great. Joe Lacob, interesting dude. And you kind of get a look into how competitive he is, which is one of the things I really respect about him. And other owners that are willing to spend and, and want to win and don't just want to have their NBA team as a, a status piece. So that was part of it. But also something I forgot to mention when I was talking about Kevin Durant was Joe was asked about Kevin and he said, 
He's my hero, man. He's taken a little bit of a discount the last few years. Of course we do want him. He deserves to be able to go and be happy where he wants to be. I hope it's here. So he also mentioned that he believes he's going to have to re-recruit him. And he's right. And it it it's just a very real response from him and not, you know, the canned BS you usually get. So I just wanted to throw that in there uh, because I forgot to do it earlier. Well, NBA news, Jimmy Butler has requested a trade from the Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously. And I believe the teams that he's willing to go to were Brooklyn, New York, Knicks, not Brooklyn, New York, but yes, Brooklyn, New York, but the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, and the LA Clippers. There we go. Good luck. I I don't know. Uh, To me, the Clippers could offer the best package back. I don't know if Thibodeau is willing to trade him. One thing that I was kind of surprised by when, when looking at this is I didn't realize Butler's 29. Not that that's old, but it's definitely not as young as I thought he was. And I'm even going to double-check that right now because after I read it, I didn't believe it, and I did not confirm it. So let me just double-check because I, I swear he's not that old. But maybe he is. Yeah, he's 29. Even confirming that, that's still weird to me. I definitely thought he was younger, but oh well. Not that 29's old, but just not as young as I thought he was. And up there with the Steph KD range of age, at least, where, look, they're still in their prime, but they're past the middle of their prime, if that makes sense. I don't know. I was just surprised to see he's 29. Still a great player. I think more suited as a number two and not shooting guard, but like a number two option, number two guy would be better to have someone in front of him. And there's the Kyrie rumors that have been around for about a year or so. So we'll see how that works out, but just wanted to throw that out there. And when it comes to the Warriors, you know, there's been talk of, well, maybe we should, because they want to keep this thing going. Maybe we should package up some of our superstars for a younger superstar or something like that. And once I saw that Jimmy Butler was 29, I was like, oh, he's not an option. Not an option. And not an option for other reasons also. And also the rumors that they would package someone up to, or some players up to get a, a younger superstar is just a rumor. No one's, it's, it hasn't, haven't heard it from any reliable source that they'd be willing to do that or that they would do that. Maybe for Anthony Davis. I don't know. All right, this has been Locked On Warriors. Thank you guys so much for listening. Might come back with one more this week. Not too sure. We'll see what goes down in the NBA and the Warriors. We'll buckle up, guys. Media day, Monday, training camp, Tuesday. Things are going to start happening here. We're going to start getting some some news, some good stuff going finally. I think the first preseason game is, is 10 days away. So we're so close. God, we are so close. I can't wait, man. It's been a long offseason when it's oddly it's the Warriors have had the shortest offseason of any team in the NBA. But it's felt long. So come on back. I'll definitely be here. This has been Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm JD Young. Eric Fowle. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.